0: For Saturday, the 10th of March 2018, and I'm actually recording this this week on Thursday because I got a bit of a different week this week. So I have literally the last half hour finished a crypto interview. I'm doing four podcast episodes today. Uh, This diary I've done. It will be, uh, what am I doing? The Crypto Podcast and two interviews I've done so far today. So you'll forgive me if I don't know whether I'm coming or going, but I had a unique experience with the gentleman that I was interviewing half an hour ago in that he had to move a parrot and a dog from his study before we spoke. I've never had that before. I've I've had dogs before, but never a parrot and a dog. And um, the dog, by the way, was his son's, and and the parrot is his pet, and it was in a cage. But he he had to move the two of them before we uh, were able to do the interview. Anyhow, that's nothing whatsoever to do with self-publishing, which is why you're here, I assume. So let me tell you what's been going on in my self-publishing world. Last Saturday, I wrote the final 5,566 words of Who to Trust. That was Saturday, the 3rd of March. And so who to trust in theory, draft one is now written. Now, I told you that I changed the order around. So I'd read and done my first edit of chapters one till eight inclusive. And my wife had been through those chapters. And so I wrote last Saturday, my wife read it and I've done the changes. So we're now at that kind of, okay, my wife's been through it. I've been through it and we've got a story. I'm not happy with it still. And my wife flagged issues too. The core story, which is basically from part two of chapter one to part three of chapter 10, I'm totally happy with. It's the the way I've set up the story at the beginning and the end still needs some work. So I know it's not right, and I'm going to have to come back to it, but I'm just giving myself some headspace before I come back to it. And I don't know about you, but I find that that, I call it, it's chugging. It's chugging away in my head. My subconscious is... He's thinking about it. And then at some point, I'll I'll come back to it and sort that out. So I did have it written by my deadline. And as a finisher completer, that makes me happy, even though I'm not still happy with the story. And Helen Fassar, my editor, uh, can't start work at it until a couple of uh, weeks anyway. So it actually thankfully bought me a couple of weeks when I could just come back and sort that bit out. Now, it's a long way, between now and when that book gets published I've put it on pre-sale now to go on sale on the Thursday the 31st of May so where are we now I'm recording this on the 8th of March I got two months before that book goes out so I got a long time to fix those bits but I am very happy with everything else all all the interior of the book really in fact I'm really happy with all of that stuff but I just got to sort this first and this last scene and this pertains really to the way that I structured the thriller. Uh, the, the way that this thriller works is you get the crime in literally the first bit that you read, so you, you, hopefully you're hooked from the first part of the first chapter, but you don't know who did what to whom, and then you get the story where you where you you, you effectively see who you assume this crime is against, and then you see how we got to the crime, and then the very last part of the last chapter is where you actually get the description of the crime and you find out who did what to whom and why. So the middle bit of the book is all about the relationships, the breakdown. Uh, it has you guessing about who the heck, because they all frankly could have done it at the end. And you you do not know until that final bit. You know there's a murder. Uh, you know that it's a murder between friends, but you've got to wait. I kept it going right to the end, which is what I like to do until you actually know who did what to whom so I'm almost there but I'm not quite there yet so I am going to have to come back to it and rewrite it but I'm just having a little break from it and then I'll I'll come back finish that off and then it will go to Helen Vazal remember even when it's been through Helen Vazal I'll take her feedback and she'll make suggestions but if I wanted to you know frankly I could I could rewrite that first and last section even if it came back that late and then send it to Helen and say, would you just proofread? There's about an hour of proofreading work in it. Could you just go through that? So if I have to do that, I'll do that. But it, it's 31st of May, that book is coming out. And at that point, we hit my two times seven configuration where we've got the, the freebie, the 99 cents, the lead bait book in both thrillers and sci-fi. And then you've got the two sets of three books. And I was starting to sketch out on a piece of paper this week, just, oh, you heard something fall just there. That was me just pulling it off my magnetic board to my left here. It's so on a little bit of paper here and I've just begun to think about how I'm going to structure those books because for instance, Don't Tell Meg is good to stay in Amazon exclusive because it's just doing so well like that. I just, I didn't touch it because it's doing so well. Um I don't want to change anything about Don't Tell Meg. I think I'm going to make Dead of Night my free or 99 pence book and then the thriller pack, um, the three other thrillers that I've got, which would include who to trust, are good to go as standalones, but they're also, I'm good to put them into two packs and three packs box sets as well, so they're good to have different configurations, and I think they're good to probably go wide. With the sci-fi, phase six comes out on March the 23rd, which is my my only standalone sci-fi. Phase six bridges the world's between the secret bunker and the grid. And so what I think I'm going to do, I'm probably going to keep the secret bunker uh, as Amazon exclusive. I, I ought to really do the grid as Amazon exclusive, but the secret bunker is, it was the, they were the first books I wrote. They still get, I think, you know, an average of, of four stars or whatever it is. You know, they're not, they're not even down to three yet. They're, they're average. I, th- I think it's, I think that's right, but they're not, there's nothing that makes me cry about it. But because they're the first books I wrote, and if you know, if you've been listening to these diaries since episode one, which I know many of you have, you'll know that I've often said, I, I wonder whether I should go back to the secret bunker, work through the feedback and just rewrite that and make it better. Cause the story is good. I absolutely love the story. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with the story at all. It's just that I was learning things about writing when I wrote that book that maybe I would do differently now. And I do wonder whether I should just come back and rewrite that. But that's a long way around of telling you that I'm going to keep it on Amazon exclusive I think because it's doing okay there it's safe it's got good reviews and then I think if I did rewrite it then I'd probably put it wide so I think the secret bug is going to stay exclusive and the grid will go wide and then that enables me my I'm going to have what I call book bub leads book bub lead books if you want or series so they need to be series of three because, as you know, I'm convinced that the secret to a bookbub is to have a series. So you give the first one away for free, you make your money on books two and three. So don't tell Meg that's going to be my bookbub lead in thrillers. That's the one I'm going to be putting, um you know, through through bookbub. Um, and um fingers crossed, I'm going to try it again in April when I'm allowed to. And then the grid is I'm going to put wide in. For bookbub as well to see if I can get that uh, promoted. And the grid again is a nice, safe book. It gets, it safely gets good reviews. Um, you know, if I'm happy for that to sort of go wide because I am, I'm happy with the book. So, um, that, that's I think going to be my strategy at the moment. That, that's how I've got it sketched out at the moment. So, um, you know, we're really getting to this point now when that last book comes out and, um, I'll start to put things in back in draft, the digital and things like that. And then you know I could then start being serious about marketing. And I was interviewing uh, John Cronshaw a couple of nights ago for the podcast. Uh, my third interview with John, and it's really really interesting. When I met John, I think I'd published maybe maybe six books at the time. I can't remember to be honest with you. And he was on the verge of publishing his his first book. And John is doing so many things uh, now that I I would copy and want to replicate. Um, You know, he's he's really kind of charging on and. And doing some great stuff and a lot of the things that John said to me the other night this is why I do this podcast because I just learn so much from everybody Um, he he, he mentioned a site that I'd never even heard of before that's great for sci-fi and just talking to John again just made me think you know again you're very good at producing Paul but you're really doing nothing to market all this work that you've done so I, I do need to I do need to tackle that more seriously. I, I do know that, and I think that when we hit this two times seven configuration, I need to really get serious about having, um, you know, uh, a calendar where I, um, I can't, is it three month cycle or whatever it is? You ha- you are allowed to submit to Bookbub, and I also need to come up with a compliment. You see, it's like I've told you before that free books he always gives me a good month. Uh, John, I've forgotten the name of it now, but I have written it down. John, honestly, if you're listening to this, uh, John mentioned uh, a site as well um that he says he does really well with his sci-fi and so what i need to have is a rolling schedule of promos um and and i and i need to use every uh kindle and limited period that i've got with freebies and countdown deals i've got to be i need this on a calendar basically i have to get a promotions calendar i think going with this so i am aware of that and i really hope to fix this over summer because as you'll know um I'm writing, I can't remember when I started, April sometime, what's day one? Day one is, oh, that's right. Oh, I've got quite a gap actually before I start writing. I start to write again on the 12th of April, which is, oh, it's more than a month actually. It's quite quite nice to know that I've got a little bit of time to get some other jobs done before I, I have to start being creative again. But I start writing again on the 12th of April. So I got to have a, an idea that's good to go. I'm, I've got a couple of ideas at the moment that will need to be fleshed out. And I have scheduled time to start to plan this book. And um, this is gonna be the project Bloodhound. This book is gonna be 90,000 words. It should be written by the time everybody breaks up for summer, which is, I think it's towards the end of July. And then I, I've got summer to kind of work on it and to, for me to get it as, as, as good as I can in terms of the plot. Then I'm going to send it to one of Bloodhound books, um, one of their best-selling authors. I'm going to send it to his developmental editor. I hope I've done a little deal, a little bit of networking today that's good to me, that I can get hold of an editor who edits for Bloodhound, who's at, who actually lives locally to me. I'm hoping to be able to book her in um, to, to do a kind of a Bloodhound kind of proof of it before it goes to Bloodhound. And then I hope to get that book... You know, as, as good as I can. I also, well, I'll mention this now. Uh, one of my many uh, podcast episodes today, I traveled up to Gretna. I'm going to the crime and publishment um, event for on Friday and Saturday. That's why I'm recording this early today. And did another interview with Graham Smith. Now, Graham is a local author. He's traditionally published. He got his first series, the D.I. Harry Evans series, published through Caffeine Nights. And he's now published through Bloodhound. And obviously, we were talking about that when I was up there. Graham. Very kindly has offered to to read that book in first draft form, so Graham has offered to read it uh, in at the end of well end of July effectively when i 've done the first draft he said, "Let me see the first draft I know you know i'm a writer I know that it's rough when its first draft, so I won't be there saying ooh, your grammar and all of that stuff i'll just talk to you about the story." the structure which is what I want I don't want anybody saying oh you didn't put an apostrophe there I don't need that level at that stage that could all come later what I need is story structure and tension and things like that uh, also um, and again this is one of the wonderful wonderful uh, side products of doing this podcast Sarah Hardy who you'll remember uh, recently uh, reviewed my don't Tell Meg trilogy and really enjoyed it, Sarah's also offered to to read my work at first draft stage as well. So those are two people who obviously I hugely respect because they're completely immersed in in crime. Graham is doing exactly what I want to do, which is to be published with Bloodhound Books. Sarah works for Bloodhound Books and he's a very experienced uh, crime blogger. These are brilliant people to say, Paul, you know, you've written romantic fiction. That's not a thriller. Or to tell me I've missed the tropes. You know, they're really great people to give me feedback. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I've got all my... Is it my ducks in a row? Is that what they say? Uh, doesn't mean I'm going to write a decent book, but it does feel like um, everything's set up to give this my best shot. I'm just going to come up with a good idea now, <laughs> please. Uh, so let's just hope I can come up with a strong enough idea to that. I, I, I'm sure I will. I... Um, You know, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be fine. i got two ideas I know could fly, but I'm just, I'm in this stage where I try and come up with as many ideas as I like. And then as I get closer and closer, I'll opt for the one that excites me most in terms of characters and location. So uh, that's where I am um with the writing. Uh But I got two more books to see off before all that starts. Um Helen's given me her final read of phase six. I got to give five, phase six a final read. One of the things I'm a little bit concerned about is I had to sort of cut cut my losses with it. Um, and, and this is because I wrote things out of order. But really, really the world of phase six, I wanted to be based in New York. And when I wrote The Grid, in my head, it was always based around New York, but I didn't specifically say that. It frankly could be any huge city in the world that has a river and high rises. You know, it could be anywhere. And, and so with The Grid, I kind of intentionally did that. But when I wrote phase six, I'd stuck my neck out and and put that it was in New York and then Helen came back with some queries on it. And I just thought, yeah, I'm going to have to, I can't make this New York yet. So if I ever come back and and rewrite, re-edit my sci-fi, which I am increasingly tempted to do because I think the stories are great. I think probably because they were the first books I wrote, I could probably come back and and edit them and, and just do small rewrites with them and probably make them better now. Um so I am very tempted to do that. I really am seriously considering that. Um but phase six, I've just had to make a slight change to so I can come back to it. If I this is the joy of self-publishing, of course, because if I do those slight changes with the other books, I'll just make them all right and then republish them all at once. And there will be like a Phoenix from the ashes, they will be renewed. Um and, and it's the joy of self-publishing. We can change it whenever we want, we can change whatever we want. So um I, I may come back to those. But I, I have I can't see when that's going to get done. It would have to get done next year because I want to write this thriller and I still got a more kind of literary fiction concept that I'm really quite excited to write. It's a science fiction story. It's a standalone science fiction story that I'm quite excited about. And it's one of those ideas that's just buzzing around my head. And I think I might want to write that before Christmas. The the other day, you won't believe the level of planning here. You know, that I have a quarterly planning board to my left where I have my kind of aims and targets for the year ahead, right up to the end of the year. And you'll also know if I, I've i got it right next to me, if I just wave it around so you can hear it on the microphone, I also have this clutch of papers, which is the, the boiled down weekly version of the work I'm doing. I, uh, <laughs> I almost need to apologize for this, but I have printed out um, my planning sheets to the end of December, would you believe? Because I wanted to know that I could... I wanted to know if I could easily fit another 90,000 word book in between um, September and December. And uh, the only way to do that is to do it on a, a micro scale. So I actually look at the days and think, right, those are the days I have to go to work. You know, these are the days, these are hot holidays or when people need to be somewhere or where I've got bookings. And then I look up the free days I got in between there. And yes, I can write another 90,000 word book before the end of the year. Now, I am torn with this. I've already said to you that I'm, I'm torn about. I, I honestly, with with fourteen books, I was doing some sums and talking to John Croncher about this. With fourteen books, I should be able to make, certainly with my track record, because I've had, I've had some good months with, um, what's it called, Bookbub, and I've had some good months with Free Booksy. So I know what to do, and I know how to create income on these books. But with 14 books now, really, I should be able to get to my kind of first earnings target. This first earnings target is I don't have to go back, do a day job anymore. So my first earnings target is 2,000 pounds of profit a month. That's probably quite a high one, but I I need to have sort of margin, safety margins and things in there. So for me, the number is 2,000 pounds a month. That's not a lot. It's not a lot. It's 24,000 a year of profit from books. And, and having done what I've done with Bookbub in the past few months, but also having done it at a smaller scale with Free Booksy, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, if I really, really sort of thrash this, I ought to be able to do that fairly soon. I really ought to be able to do that. Um, n- none of the books have had terrible reviews. They're kind of, you know, they're, they're averaging sort of four and above. Um, so, so part of me thinks I could almost stop writing with Who to Trust. I could almost stop now. And just focus entirely on selling the books that I've written to generate an income. And I actually think, I actually think that I I could probably do that. If that's all I did, if I stopped writing and started marketing and just put that as my primary focus, I could probably do that. But (laughs) there's the devil in me still. I, I want to do Project Bloodhound. I'm kind of convinced, rightly or wrongly, that this is the right next thing to do having got those those seven books whatever happens now I've got the 14 books I'm not going to do more of the same that's not happening so not doing more of the same could be doing the marketing that I was saying stop writing do some marketing try and generate the income from those books and when you've done that get back to writing and get that income higher so that's that could be one option but the other option is, and this is the one that's probably going to be more likely, well, it's going to happen because I've booked in a development, booking people in. Um I've booked them in already. So I'm committed to it. So I am going to do Project Bloodhound. Um I just feel now that that's the right next thing to do is to try and get a book published, a thriller published through a, not, a, not so much traditional, but a, a publisher that specializes in crime and thrillers so that I could be among a group of authors who do, who do just that. I could also stop writing in July and get on with the marketing. That's another option that I've got. So I could be just working on the editing of that book, getting it ready to go to the editor I've got, the developmental editor I've got booked in from September. And I could then just concentrate on marketing, of course. That's the other thing I could do. But I suspect that this sci-fi book may well get written. But I am I am seriously considering making the the, the writing the secondary thing and the marketing, the primary thing, because I just think that's, that's enough now that sh- I should be able to earn £2,000 a month from that sheer profit. Uh, you know, even with my, my limited abilities, but with what I know now, I should be able to do that. Um, so that, that's where I am with my thinking with it. Um, we'll see. We'll see, but it's not going to be an issue. This, this, this project bloodhound book will definitely get written. And I'll probably have a real sort of serious think about it over summer. Uh, you know, I'm pleased to say that summer at the moment, I've got sort of six weeks. Obviously I had things booked up over summer, but, um, I'm not writing over summer. Uh, so I've got six weeks where I won't be writing over summer, but I will be working and editing, uh, the project Bloodhound book. And I'm hoping that in that six weeks, I can get on top of my, my marketing enough. I can get my head around it and set up a system for marketing over the summer to kind of take care of that. That That's what I'm hoping at, at the moment. Um, but what, what I need is a system. I think I, I need to say, okay, where do I shift books through promos? What are the, what's worked best for me? I know that what's worked best for me. It's putting the first book in a series up for th- for free and then getting the read-throughs and getting paid for the read-throughs. That's what's worked really well for me. So I just need to do that more. I've got four series in which I could do that. So I need to cycle those round all the time, pitching to book pub on a regular cycle and putting them through free book seat on a regular cycle. Um, you know, I'm telling you it now and I'm just thinking, Paul, you should be able to make £2,000 a month from this. You should be with the work you've done now. So, um, so that's where my thinking is anyway, uh, with the books. Um, but it does feel, it feels good to have reached those, those 14, but things can't continue as they are, as I, I keep coming back to that. I should be able to make a decent income off those 14 books. So if I can't make an income off those 14 books, do I need to look at the covers? Do I need to look at the blurbs? Do I need to come back to them, knowing what I know now about writing and uh, re-edit them, rewrite them? Do I need to go through the, the the comments, the feedback, and look at the, not the trolley nonsense stuff, but the stuff that I can learn from, the things that I can change, um, and that are you know reasonable feedback suggestions. Do I need to learn from those, make the books better, to try and move those four stars closer to five? These are all things that I can do as an indie author with my existing assets I don't need to write anything else. I should be able to do this with my existing assets. So okay, that's you know that's quite a well, um, oh, it's a bit more cerebral than usual maybe I don't know but it's that's just my thinking aloud with this and just letting you know um, where I'm going. First problem to solve is that ending for who to trust. I've <laughs> Got to get that right. Got to get that sorted out. So this weekend I'm going to be at Crime and Publishment. It's um, it's great for me because it's a northern event. It's 20 minutes up the road, up the motorway, just over the England Scottish border. It's a great event. I did a day last year, wished I'd stayed. So I'm going to be there on the Friday tomorrow. And then I'm going to be on the Saturday. It's organized by Graham Smith. Graham's going to be appearing on this podcast in a couple of weeks time. When I was there, we had sort of three items of business today. Uh, number one was, um, I interviewed Graham for the podcast to, to catch up with what he's doing at the moment. And then we were, we're both presenting tomorrow. So I'm doing a, a turn with Graham, we're doing kind of social media, web promotion, that kind of stuff for authors. So we're both doing a talk tomorrow and we were just comparing notes and making sure we weren't going to be doing the same thing. And then the other thing is with my kind of corporate training head on, I was working with him with these Facebook ads and just showing him some tricks that he could do with targeting audiences and using Pixel to retarget and things like that. So we had quite a busy day. I was there for three hours today doing all of that. And then I'm back tomorrow and then Saturday to do crime and publishment. It's got some great stuff. I mean, if you if you are in this part of the world, Northernish or in Scotland, and you write crime and thrillers, it's well worth going to this event. It's it's so good. Uh, Graham runs a, a wedding venue. It's not quite in Gretna, it's just outside of Gretna and it's uh it's like an old kind of mill with a a water mill outside and I'm um, I'm not quite sure what it was used for but it's a lovely sort of wedding venue people get married at Gretna Green and then they come over and have their reception there and it's a hotel too so people stay there as well so it's a great conference venue and uh he gets some great guests on um it's brilliant if you're into crime and thrillers it's something you should take a look at if you're in the north of England um and, and obviously, it doesn't it doesn't cost that much either. You know, if you if you're used to forking out hundreds and hundreds of pounds for conferences, it's a really good event. But no, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm really looking forward to doing it tomorrow. Once I get my talk out of the way, which I think is fairly early, once I've dispatched that bit and not been lynched, I should be able to relax for the weekend and just slip into complete uh, learning mode. But no, it's lovely. It's lovely to have events in the north of England. It's f- very good. I've had a crazy week of of podcasts, so. I think it was 6 I counted. I think I'm recording 6 podcast episodes this week. And you know what you know I say to you about not getting the marketing done. You, you I you know have to say when I have a when I have a week like this week when I'm just constantly doing podcast episodes. I do I hope you'll understand this question is this the best use of my time doing the the podcast? Should I if I want to make my writing career fly you know ought I to take a break from this to create more time so I could do the marketing, but this is obviously doing the podcast is a thing that squeezes the time for the mar- for the marketing and this is why I constantly review the podcast and i I, I will let you know it's, it's if you check out the website you 'll see this already but i I am planning to change the frequency of guest interviews from may um, so from May the seventh i 'm going to be uh, doing one Podcast interview per month, just over the summer, to buy myself. Um, well, actually, I say to buy myself some more time. I also t- to grow the crypto podcast. That I'm doing completely separately to this. I also want to try and get some guests on for that because the advantage of of having guests on a podcast is obviously that they share the interviews and it brings new audience in. So I need to grow the audience of the crypto podcast, and part of that strategy is to get some guests on it because uh, it's not a guest based uh, podcast. So. Um, I don't, want to, I don't want to go off into crypto stuff, but um, just to let you know that from the 7th of May, I'm planning to make the guests first Monday of every month. And that will run through to October. And in October... I'm intending to pick them up on the regular schedule. Now, there's another reason. I've, this has been blowing, blowing in the wind for a while, um, this schedule change. There's another reason in that when I started the podcast, I didn't start it with the podcast diary episode. So I, I started with the guests and then the podcast diary came. I think I did it for a couple of weeks and then stopped it when I finished a book and I got really good feedback. I still get... When people say, Oh, I listen to the podcast and I love the podcast diary. That's the most common feedback that I get from people about this podcast is that everybody listens to the diary. So the diary will not be interrupted because it doesn't take anywhere near as much as of my time, the diary. So the diary is going to stay. It will be on the, on the weekly basis still, but I'm just going to give the guests. Um, so it'll be May, June, July, August, September, five months. There'll be one Monday, first Monday of every month, uh, guest interview. And the podcast diary will continue on that schedule. But what that also does for me is it it helps me get my podcast numbers equalized. So what I want to do with the podcast is, at the moment, you've got Self-Publishing Journeys episode, whatever it is, and you've got Paul's Podcast Diary episode, whatever it is, and the episode numbers are out of sync. And what I want to do is sync up my episode numbers. And what happens beautifully in October is that I reach episode one hundred and twenty of the diary and episode one hundred and twenty of the guests, and at that point I can then start to um, number my podcast episodes sequentially, so that it's it's all the it's all self-publishing journeys and it just goes up one incrementally one every episode, whether it's a guest episode or a diary episode. And in podcast terms, I will call that season two. So that's kind of where I'm going with the podcast. I, I've tried to do this before. And I ended up with so many guests that I, uh, you know, to talk to that I, I couldn't do it. I, I ended up still doing them one a week. Um, but at the moment I, I am very serious about this and also because of the marketing, I need to do more marketing over summer. So I need to buy myself, um, a little bit of time. So I, I hope you'll understand that in podcast terms, as I said to you, um, if people listen to the podcast, Virtually to a man and a woman, they always say to me, I always listen to the diary. I really like the diary. That's what, that's the most common bit of feedback I get. So I'm not going to interrupt the diary, but with 110 episodes behind me, if somebody finds this podcast afresh now, it's not like there's nothing to listen to in terms of guests. You've got a lot of stuff to work through now. I've got, I've hit a real critical mass with it. So I feel that with that critical mass, I could take a couple of months out from those weekly interviews just to get my, House in order with my marketing with my books, which you know let's face it that's the long term business that I need to be focusing on at the moment and then I can come back to that and pick it up and and then we'll just we'll just come back to it so uh, I hope you'll understand that I hope that's fine um, and I'm, I'm just giving you plenty of notice for it but also I know with you know people who who um, support the podcast on patreon, you may feel that when you're getting fewer interviews that you want to um, curtail your patreon support of the podcast uh, that's why I'm giving you plenty of warning on this just to let you know that it's coming up and that the deal is going to change for five months but as I say the diaries uh, will continue for as long as I'm writing producing or re-editing the diaries will continue um, because I've always got something to say about what I'm doing the minute I stop doing any of those things that's when the the diary would end but um, as you know you know I'm, I've got lots of steam in me yet as far as that's concerned so, um, interviews this week. I talked to John Cronshaw on Tuesday. He's doing, um, amazing things. And I'm learning so much from John now. Um, he was kind of like the standout person at a talk I, I gave in Carlisle two years ago. He quite clearly had his head screwed on the right way and was obviously doing all the right things. And he's doing more of the right things now. And I'm learning a lot from him. So, you know, I'm really pleased that I made uh, that contact. And it, it's great to follow John's career through. Um, as I have done with a couple of the authors, you know, Alison Ingleby and, and Meg Cowley and Rachel Amflit, uh, people at Graham Smith, people that I come back to. I only come back to them when they've created a substantial change in what they're doing as an indie author that we've we've got something completely new to report back on rather than rehashing what we've talked about before. I want the conversation to be fresh and new. Uh, and it always is with John and he's doing so many great things. So that that's coming up before the end of March, March 26th off the top of my head chatted to Graham this morning this is one of those uh, rare interviews I do with my portable recorder where we're sitting down in the bar (laughs) of his uh his sort of wedding venue having a cup of tea and uh just uh, chatting and so uh Graham again since we last spoke has got published by Bloodhound Books and he was just talking about how that's going and what he's learned and he's 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 producing a tremendous number of books this year talking to me about time management and all, all sorts of great stuff and then on uh, Sunday, I interviewed Martha Carr. Now, Martha Carr, some of you will recognise from 20 Books to 50K fame. She was at the London event. And I've said, it's actually, it's interesting, as John Cronshaw said in our interview, he said that he wouldn't have touched collaboration a year ago. And uh, you'll you know that I've said this, that collaboration is it's not something that has appealed to me. But when I, I saw Martha talking at uh, 20 Books in London... I thought, hmm, now that's the most attractive I've heard collaboration sound. When I hear Martha talk about it, it feels like something that I might want to do in future. So I went straight over to introduce myself and uh, took a photo with her and said, will you come on the podcast? And she said, yes. And she booked up very quickly. And we did that interview on Sunday. And it's it's just a great, um, great interview. You know, loads of just brilliant information there. Very interestingly that Martha worked on the, I think it's the Washington Post off the top of my head. Hope I've got that right. And she had a traditional author career before she even had anything to do with 20 books. And she'd got all sorts of things that she'd learned. She'd done wrong titles. She'd missed the tropes and things like that. And now here she is, this fantastically successful author with 20 books of 50k. So, you know, again, um, this is what I said to you about. I'm intending to make the author interviews less regular after May. Sometimes I get kind of caught by my own enthusiasm because there are so many authors I want to talk to and hear their stories that I end up just booking people in because I want to talk to them. So I, I am planning to make the the interviews less regular from May. Whether that will happen or not, we'll have to wait and see because me and my big mouth, I keep asking people to, to come on the podcast and, and talk to me. Um, and they're so interesting all the time. All of these interviews are so interesting. So uh, that's Martha Carr. Um, what else are we doing this week? I've done, I think the others are all cryptos, aren't they? One, yeah, yeah the, the others are all crypto related. So I won't say anything about those. Um, because I don't want to bore you with that. But um, it's been a busy week, as you can tell, with the, uh, with the podcast interviews. But every one of them, such great information on all of those interviews. So that's it for this week's uh, podcast diary. Recorded it on Thursday, as I say. Tomorrow, I'm going to be spending all day learning about crime and thrillers and hearing all sorts of great writers' tips. On Monday's podcast, I'm speaking to Sarah Hardy. Sarah Hardy is a book blogger and a publicist for Bloodhound books. Um, book blogging is something that's, or blog tours is something that's new to me. I haven't done it yet, but I'm more and more convinced. The more people I talk to, I'm more and more convinced I got to give this a try. So if I, if I do have any success with this next book with Bloodhound books, they do blog tours anyway. So it'll go on a blog tour. But if I, if I end up getting knockbacks and, um, I self-publish it then I'll do a blog tour for this one. I'm absolutely committed to that. I'm going to do a blog tour if uh, if I get knocked back and don't get the blog tour through who whoever may or may not end up uh, publishing it. And um, Sarah, I've just been amazed. She's reviewed the Don't Tell Meg series. And every time she puts out a review, the number of book bloggers who retweet it and, and like it and share it, absolutely amazing. It's a brilliant community. And we're going to be talking about that in the podcast on Monday. So that is going to be podcast episode 106 self-publishing journeys and that podcast is going live on monday the 12th of march 2018 before i sign out today just a reminder about our two-year anniversary and the two-year anniversary of this podcast is going to be wednesday the 4th of april when i would have been doing this podcast for two years and the episode is going to be an extra episode it's going to be episode number 110 and the reason I'm mentioning this is because I, um, I've i been getting my podcast guests, people who I've chatted to a few times and who, who know me reasonably well, been asking them to record some questions to ask me. And uh, John Cronshaw did it the other night. He asked some really interesting questions. And this episode's coming together really nice. I'm so pleased, I thought, to do it and, and planned it because it's just going to be one of those, just something very different. And hopefully you will find it um, interesting. But the range of questions has been fantastic. So all I've got to do now, I'm, I'm interviewing... Um, actually, I've got somebody else who I'm good to ask. I've interviewed somebody on Monday or a week on Monday who I might also ask to ask me some questions. And I'm asked. I'm interviewing. Oh, I'm, I'm interviewing a few people. Oh no, I'm not. No, I'm not interviewing them in time. No, I'm. I'm interviewing Meg Cowley before I. I have to get the episode ready, but I, I can't talk to anybody else for it. I, so I've. I, I've got caught by times and schedules and things like that with this. So um, there are going to be five people who ask me, to, who effectively interview me. But I think the episode is going to work really well. It's come together ever so well. I've really enjoyed um, doing it. But that's a, a date for your diary. You'll get a little surprise on your podcast feed. You'll see it popping up. On Wednesday, the fourth of April, and it's the two-year anniversary of the interview episodes uh, on self-publishing journeys. And believe me, I never thought when I started this podcast that I would still be going strong uh, two years time. It's quite amazing that. It's quite amazing when you say how many episodes that you've done. I mean, I'm going to be nearly two hundred odd episodes soon, um, including the diaries. It just feels phenomenal to me. But it all goes to show, and I think there's a lesson in there for writers. Um, you know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step it begins with the first word it begins with the first podcast episode and if you just keep going on if you just keep stepping forward you soon get to a point where you've got in my case 14 books 200 podcast episodes we're not quite there yet Um, and then you look back at it and you think how the heck did I do that and the the reason that you did that was that you just kept going on just kept on keeping on Uh, and, and that really applies to the writing as well Anyhow, that's a funny old way to finish a podcast diary. Um, I'm going to enjoy myself at Crime and Publishment for the next couple of days. I'll report back at it on the podcast diary next Saturday. I hope you have a fabulous week of writing, whatever you're writing at the moment, and I'll speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.